The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by T. Rowe Price. Check out The Confident Wallet, a personal finance podcast series by T. Rowe Price and the Washington Post Brand Studio. Coming soon to wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Wednesday, January 10th. In today's news, a federal judge issues an injunction to stop Trump from killing DACA. New details emerge about the infamous Trump dossier. And Steve Bannon's Breitbart days are over. But first, the big idea. It's perilous to have a president who doesn't know history. Donald Trump wholeheartedly embraced earmarks Tuesday as a lubricant to grease the gears of government, drawing cheers from the very swamp he promised to drain. During a televised meeting at the White House, the neophyte president riffed for more than two minutes about how bringing back pork barrel spending would lead to more bipartisan cooperation. And, you know, in the old days of earmarks, you can say what you want about certain presidents and others where they all talk about they went out to dinner at night and they all got along and they passed bills. That was an earmark system. Here's the rub. The good old days weren't so good. Earmarks led to corruption and lots of wasteful spending. For example, Duke Cunningham, a Republican congressman from California, was sentenced to eight years in federal prison for taking $2.4 million worth of bribes. He literally had a bribe menu where he told defense contractors exactly how much they had to pay him in exchange for getting certain earmarks. There was also the infamous bridge to nowhere in Alaska, as well as lots of other smaller spending, like half a million bucks for a teapot museum in North Carolina, which closed as soon as the federal money ran out. These and several other scandals led Nancy Pelosi to impose a one-year moratorium on earmarks when she became Speaker of the House in 2007. Then John Boehner banned earmarks altogether when Republicans won the House in 2010. Trump nodded to these abuses at the White House. It did have some problems, but one thing it did is it brought everyone together. And this country has to be brought together. Conservative groups were aghast about these comments. The Club for Growth, Heritage Action, and Citizens Against Government Waste put out statements decrying Trump's comments. But they shouldn't be surprised. As a candidate, Trump routinely bragged about getting special favors from politicians who he gave money to as a developer. At heart, he's a dealmaker, not an ideologue. There's nothing to suggest that he genuinely cares about reining in government spending, regardless of whether you like him or not. He's called himself the king of debt. He signed a tax bill that will blow up the nation's debt by at least a trillion dollars. And now he's advocating for an approach to infrastructure that looks an awful lot like the 2009 stimulus package that helped spark the Tea Party movement. The bigger story, though, just might be that Trump doesn't fully know the history of abuse and how much earmarks tarnished the legislative process. As our first president in American history, with no prior governing or military experience, sometimes it seems like Trump gets his view of how Washington works from watching the West Wing. Trump has an idealized version of the past, the good old days, because he wasn't down here during the dark heyday of Duke Cunningham, Jack Murtha, and Uncle Ted Stevens. But those who can't remember the past are condemned to repeat it. Still, Trump's endorsement has given a shot in the arm to long, dormant efforts by lawmakers to revive earmarks. Last night, the House Rules Committee announced that it plans to hold two hearings next week on restarting the practice. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. 
Number one, a federal judge has issued a nationwide injunction to temporarily block Trump from ending DACA. The injunction says that protections must remain in place for the young undocumented immigrants, known as DREAMers, while the challenge in court to end the program proceeds. The judge said that the plaintiffs would suffer irreparable harm if the Trump administration ends DACA before the legal dispute is resolved, since hundreds of thousands of people could be deported. Meanwhile, Trump met yesterday with bipartisan congressional leaders, the meeting where he talked about the earmarks, to discuss a legislative replacement for DACA. He expressed a desire to protect the Dreamers, but he wavered on the subject during the meeting and seemed to give some mixed messages about whether he'd get behind a bill that only fixed DACA and didn't give him money for the border wall. Lawmakers left somewhat confused, and negotiations continue. Number two, the transcript of an interview by the Senate Judiciary Committee with the head of Fusion GPS, the firm behind the dossier related to Trump and his ties to Russia, was released yesterday. The disclosure of the transcript intensified the political battle over the FBI and its investigation of Russian interference in the 2016 election. It was released by Senator Dianne Feinstein, the top Democrat on the committee, over the objections of Republican committee chairman Chuck Grassley. Republicans have tried to discredit the dossier as a politically motivated document that the FBI has relied too heavily on during its investigation. Grassley even asked the Justice Department last week to investigate the dossier's author for possibly lying to the FBI. Feinstein released the interview to bolster the FBI's credibility and rebut a lot of false information that's being pushed by Trump allies and Fox News. One of the most jarring assertions in the interview that we learned about yesterday came from a lawyer for Fusion GPS who said that the dossier's release had led to someone's death. There is no public information that would tie a specific killing to the information in the dossier. Many questions remain unanswered. Number three, Steve Bannon stepped down as executive chairman of Breitbart News under pressure. His fall from grace follows a vote of no confidence from the key investor behind Breitbart, Rebecca Mercer. Mercer sided with Trump after the release of Michael Wolff's book, which contains Bannon's many unflattering comments about the Trump family. Without Breitbart, Bannon has no evident platform to promote his far-right views and no financial basis to support his preferred candidates, many of whom are continuing to distance themselves across the country. But Bannon reportedly plans to stay in the game. He is going to launch a new dark money nonprofit group in the coming weeks that will focus on a few of his favorite issues, including U.S. policy towards China, immigration, and foreign trade. And that's The Daily 202 for Wednesday, January 10th. Thanks so much for listening. I'm James Hellman, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.